Hey there, real quick before we jump into today's topic, I have some exciting news. I'm hosting a limited time masterclass next week and it's 100% free. It's called Three Expert Secrets to Reverse Insulin Resistance Without Cutting Carbs, Dieting, or Taking Medications. This training is for women with PCOS who know that food plays a major role in managing insulin resistance and PCOS, but have already tried countless diets with nothing to show for it. Are you one of these women? Well, this masterclass is going to help you so much. It's for women who are ready to stop yo-yo dieting and start balancing hormones with proven strategies and sustainable healthy habits. I am going to teach you all of that. In this one hour long masterclass, I'm going to be sharing the exact method that I teach my clients to lower insulin. And this allows them to not only reduce cravings and fatigue, but also restore a natural menstrual cycle, reverse stubborn symptoms like acne and weight gain and bloating, all of the things women with PCOS commonly struggle with. When you join me live, you'll also get the opportunity to ask me questions, learn my top tips and tricks for ditching quick fix solutions, and discover how you can finally feel amazing in your body, stop stressing over food, and balance hormones with ease. This class is free, like I said, but you do need to save your seat. So I want you to go to daphnachazen.com forward slash masterclass. Again, daphnachazen.com forward slash masterclass, and you're going to be able to reserve your spot right there. After you do that, I want you to mark it on your calendar. Make sure you show up live. I do have a special offer at the end of the masterclass to work with me and really take your results to the next level. So be sure to put it on your calendar and I cannot wait to connect with you then. Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. observing some of my most successful clients, kind of stalking them a little bit, if you will, and seeing what it is that they're doing that makes them so successful. I teach a lot of different concepts in my programs and everyone takes whatever works for them, right? They try it, they see if it fits and they run with it. And so I always tell people, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to do 100% of all the habits in order to be successful the truth is that even if you do half of what I teach you, you're going to be seeing results, you're going to be making progress, and then you can stay with those set of habits, with those little changes that you've made, or you can expand and you can get fancy and you can up your game. It's totally up to you. But what I've done over the past couple months is just kind of look and see what it is that my most successful clients are doing day in and day out the habits that they swear by, the things that are their go-to behaviors around food, as well as mindset. And I'm going to be sharing all of them with you today. I have seven habits that I've gathered. Let's get to it. Okay, habit number one is planning. Planning is so important. It's probably the most important skill that you can develop on your healthy eating journey. It's something that everyone needs to be doing to some degree. And I'm not talking about prepping. I'm not talking about standing in your kitchen on a Sunday for seven hours, creating 17 different types of salad jars, not that kind of planning or prepping. I'm talking about not leaving it up to chance or motivation to have a good food routine. 
to really be intentional and be a little bit more thoughtful about the food that you're putting in your mouth and having the right stuff on hand, carrying snacks with you. And so this is something that if done correctly can really help create a routine. It can help your body get into a rhythm and that's helpful not just for your hormones, but also for things like sleep and weight loss and really reduce impulsive eating and overeating. And so if you're someone who finds themselves eating on the go or not knowing what the next meal is going to be and then going through the drive through or getting home super hungry at the end of the workday and just kind of eating random things. And before you know it, you had a little mini binge or even a full-blown binge because you've gotten too hungry. You didn't think about food all day. You got too busy and you let that become, you know, not a priority. I'm talking specifically to you. I'm talking specifically about your situation. When we don't plan, we end up making decisions around food from a place of hunger, from impatience, from fatigue, and then we feel like we lack willpower or we feel like we have a schedule or a life that's not conducive to healthy eating because it's so hectic and busy. And that's 100% not true. That is a limiting belief. With a little bit of planning, and I'm going to give you two strategies that my clients are using, you can absolutely do well. You can succeed in planning and it doesn't have to take up your entire day and be so draining and a chore, right? So I know that no one wants more things to do in their day. Believe me, I get it. But I think that making planning your food a priority can go a long way and it doesn't have to be very time consuming. The two things that my clients are doing that are helping them with planning is one, they use 24-hour plans and those are plans that you create very quickly. It takes less than a minute the night before or very early in the morning before you start your day and you just write down what you're going to eat for the day. What are you going to eat for the next 24 hours? Anyone can do this at any place, any point in your day. It doesn't have to be at night. It's better to do it at another time of day than not at all. But I do want you thinking about that because first of all, it helps to organize your thoughts. It helps you think about the food that you already have on hand and how do you want to feel at the end of the day. Right. So we all know that eating a meal that you brought from home is going to make you feel better than going through the drive through and getting a fast food meal. Right. Generally speaking, that's true for everyone. And it's not to say that you can not eat fast food, but wouldn't you rather choose to eat it from a place of thought and strategy and really having some sort of a you know plan of food as opposed to going through it because it's an emergency? You're already starving and it's dinner time and you have nothing at home, right? I would assume that most people want to be more planned out and it doesn't really take much. A 24-hour plan can help you do that. The other thing that can help you do that is start with breakfast and lunches. A lot of people like more variety for dinner. Maybe you want to eat out so you don't have to plan your entire day. Start with breakfast and lunches and pick two or three that you know you like are easy to put together, and they're somewhat healthy, right? They contain a protein. Maybe you eat fruit. Maybe you get a Greek yogurt for breakfast or something like that where you have healthy components in there that you feel good about, you know are nourishing for you, and they're also portable and easy, right? So you come up with two or three breakfasts, and then you just alternate those for the week. Next week, you can change it up, and you do the same for lunches. You come up with two or three lunches that you like, and you alternate them for the week. You make sure you have the stuff on hand. 
You make sure that you have maybe 10 minutes to put the meal together and bring the cooler with you if you work outside the house. And maybe you carry some snacks with you, right? Really, that's it. Simple. Start by alternating the two to three breakfasts and lunches, and that's part of your plan, okay? Now, I always tell people, even if you eat out or you order food, plan for that. That's part of planning too. And if you know you're going to have a really busy night this week, plan to get takeout. That is okay. But again, this is all about starting to think ahead, starting to be more intentional with how you choose food and not choosing from a place of hunger, impulsiveness, and just like an emergency situation, which is what most people do when we don't plan. We kind of leave it up to the day. Let's see what happens. No, things don't happen our way if we don't plan for them. Okay, so I always say to people, no one gets healthy by accident. Okay, it just doesn't happen that way. You need to put some thought and effort into it, but it doesn't have to be all consuming. And so my clients, when they plan, they use one of those strategies. Some of my clients use meal plans. They like meal plans. I provide plenty of them and some of them follow them closely. Some of them only eat in the spirit of the meal plan, right? They follow it more loosely. So I have a client, her name is Melissa. She's amazing and she likes the meal plans. She likes to look at the different recipes. She likes to have some sort of a forecast of what her dinners are gonna be. She uses leftovers. The meal plan also comes with a grocery list. So, you know, it helps her to not only know what to shop for, what to have at home, what to bring to work with her, but also to know what to expect for the rest of the week. And then she can plan her weekend eating and other things around that. That feels really good. That makes you feel in control. It makes you feel more organized. And at the end of the day, it's going to build your confidence around eating. Habit number two is prioritizing protein and produce. You can absolutely not go wrong when you're prioritizing both of those things. Here's why. When we eat more protein, we are in better shape as far as blood sugar control, satiety, keeping your energy levels stable. Both of those things are working in your favor when it comes to weight loss, energy, cravings, fatigue. Those are all of the things that, you know, having poorly controlled blood sugar can really impact negatively. And having the protein and produce in your day is going to instantly allow for better blood sugar control. And I want to focus more on the produce side of things because a lot of women already know about protein. You understand what it does. You understand the importance of it. But still, many women don't get enough vegetables in their day. I have a client. She's incredible. Her name is Samantha. She's working very hard on changing her habits and really seeing great results so far. And one of the things she said is, I keep it really simple. When I go out or when I'm on vacation or at home, I just make sure I have vegetables on my plate. I used to not do this. I used to not pay as much attention. Or maybe, you know, she was trying to incorporate vegetables, but the amounts weren't quite there. The variety wasn't there. So all of these things are important. And now she's doing it and it's working for her. So these habits are not fancy. They're very, very simple. The key is to do them and to be consistent with them and to constantly be improving. So when we're talking about produce and vegetables, I'm talking about non-starchy vegetables there is no such a thing as a best vegetable. The one you like and can eat every single day in nice big amounts, that's the best one, okay? And veggies are a great way to add nutrition in general to your day, but specifically add fiber, which most women are not getting enough of, and vitamins, minerals, and of course, antioxidants, 
which are going to be key for inflammation reduction. And so prioritizing the produce is one of the biggest habits that I think my clients are working on. And they're very successful because not only do we keep it interesting with recipes and ideas and getting creative with it, but we also talk about different ways that you can incorporate the vegetables in snacks for breakfast. So all across your day. And so they're accumulating really good amounts of those veggies. And it's not just like a little broccoli florette or an asparagus spear here and there. This is a meaningful, significant amount in their day. And the fiber intake is going up, which is amazing. Okay, so prioritizing the protein and produce, that was habit number two. Number three, not skipping meals. Avoiding those large gaps between meals that set you up for binging. My clients have gotten so good at timing their meals properly, spacing out their meals evenly throughout the day. They're staying ahead of their appetite. They're in control. They're in the driver's seat. This is what you want. And so this is partly also about prioritizing yourself and honoring your body because we all get busy during the day and not stopping for lunch or not having snacks when your body is signaling you that you need energy or you're getting hungry is really disrespectful to your body. And when we talk about honoring your body, we're talking about giving it the proper nutrition that it deserves and needs at the proper times, okay? So to me, this is the best form of self-care. And if you need to set alarms, if you need to take scheduled breaks to have a snack or to eat a meal, put it on your calendar, block the time, right? I know it's not always possible, but if you can get into a routine where you're not skipping meals and going six or seven hours in your day without eating, you're gonna see tremendous improvements in your productivity, if it's a you know work situation where you have to get through some things before you can eat, your productivity and energy and creativity and ability to function is going to increase dramatically if you give your body proper nutrition. And so this is a little bit of a mindset shift too, to start prioritizing yourself, to say, yes, I'm worthy and important and this meal is my fuel and my body needs it. It takes time to get into that mindset if you're not quite there. But I do want you thinking about meal skipping. If it's something that's happening frequently in your week, it needs your attention. And this is, you know, if it's not happening frequently, then I wouldn't worry about it so much. But my clients know that skipping meals is a crime in my program, right? It's something that we just don't do because it snowballs from there. So once you skip a meal, once you're vulnerable to overeating and you can't get control of your appetite and you're in this slippery slope, it's very easy to slide back into old habits. And so we nip it in the bud and, you know, they're doing a great job at timing and spacing their meals properly and staying very consistent with it. One of the things that's helping the most, I think, is snacks, which is habit number four. So a lot of my clients have reported that taking a snack with them when they go outside the house has been life-saving. And my client Blair and Danielle and many of my other amazing clients are swearing by snacks because you never know what's going to happen. You leave the house for an hour, you may get stuck for two or three or four hours. And so you want to be prepared. You want to, again, take back control. Make sure that you are bringing stuff with you so that whatever happens, you're ready. 
and you don't have to sacrifice your health or your mood or your hunger because you got caught up or you left the house not prepared and not having the right snacks. So this ties right back into planning, the planning conversation, right? So taking stuff with you, having things on hand is also part of being prepared. And I want to share some of the favorite snacks that are going around in our group right now. So I have three snacks that the ladies are loving right now. The first one is a single serve cup of hummus or guacamole with some cut up vegetables. So they're using usually baby carrots and little snacking peppers, maybe sugar snap peas. And they eat that with Triscuits. So really simple and delicious. They also love the banana, peanut butter, and chocolate chip combination. It's less portable, but still delicious. And then the popcorn box. So it's kind of like a bento box that has some popcorn, edamame, and then blackberries or nuts. So they may use almonds, pistachios, or walnuts with those other things. Delicious, so much fun, filling and satisfying, and portable. So what's not to love? There's so many different options of snacks. Finding the ones that work for you and carrying them with you is one of the habits that I know my clients swear by. Okay, moving right along here to eating based on your carb tolerance. This is habit number five, and it means that you know what amount of carbohydrates is right for your body. You also know how to select your carbs. The ladies understand how to portion their carbohydrates and how to evaluate if they've had too few or too many after a meal. And of course, what to do about that. This habit can absolutely be life-altering for someone, especially if they've been eliminating carbs for years and years and thinking that they can't eat pasta or bread or gluten or any of those things. This is something that we teach inside the program. I understand that women are afraid of carbs, but we learn how to not be afraid of carbs. We learn how to love carbs and how to incorporate them in a smart way and how to feel really comfortable and confident around eating carbohydrates because everyone should be eating carbohydrates in my book. I absolutely do not believe in restriction. I believe in learning how to do it in a smart way. Habit number six is journaling. Now, before you roll your eyes, I know everyone hates my fitness pal and so do I, quite honestly. I think that my fitness pal can cause a lot more harm than good If you're becoming hyper-focused on numbers and really obsessive about measuring and weighing every single thing. And what I offer in my program is a much more gentle approach to journaling using a picture journal. So the ladies can have the option of taking photos of their food and uploading them to a secure platform where only they can see it and I can see it. And what it is, it gives you literally a snapshot of your food day without counting or focusing on grams or macros. It's just about quality. Now, I have a few people who do enjoy tracking on my fitness pal, and it does give them the awareness and accountability that they need, and that's fine. But for the vast majority of women in my program, the pictorial journal is their go-to. And it's a really nice thing to have, and they start enjoying it, and they actually like doing that. And if they don't, we don't use it, right? There are options. But I do think there are many, many benefits to tracking, and I'm going to give you the top three. I think tracking can really help with accountability and awareness in a positive way, meaning it can show you what you need to add, not what you're doing wrong. It's not about that. It's not about what to eliminate and what to stop doing. It's about what to add. So a lot of people are noticing, oh my goodness, I didn't realize 
I skip lunch two times every week, or I didn't realize I'm not eating as many veggies as I thought, or I didn't realize that, you know, on the weekends, my meal timing is totally off. And when you take pictures of your food, when you start paying attention, you become aware of those things and then you can make positive changes. So it's not about scrutinizing your choices or criticizing any of the things that you eat. It's really about making it better, focusing on the quality, focusing on the consistency, looking at your food as opposed to just seeing it as proteins, fats, and carbs or grams or calories. That's usually not a healthy way of tracking for people. And most people feel very burnt out by it soon after they start. And so journaling using a pictorial journal can also help you to evaluate your meals without feeling obsessed. And that's a big benefit of it. Okay. So again, we're looking at quality. We're looking at what's on your plate. You get the opportunity to put a note in and the ladies always say, oh, I enjoyed this meal or I didn't eat as much as I put on my plate. So again, awareness is there. Insight into your own eating habits and body is there. And then, of course, evaluating your meals with a less judgmental eye than you would on something like MyFitnessPal, because again, we're focusing on quality and what to add. And then it also gives you a reference guide. So I like journaling when it's used as data. And when you use your journal as literally an album of your meals to say, oh my God, remember that day? I felt really good on that day. Let's see what I ate. Or last week, I had a day that I was really lethargic. Let's take a look at those pictures and see, maybe we can pinpoint what was the cause of it. So it's a great reference guide. It's kind of like, well, I know no one looks at albums anymore, but when we were kids and we had albums and we look through it and we're like, oh my God, remember this trip or remember this person. It's kind of like the same thing. You get to remember how you felt, what the situation was like. And from that place, you can make major improvements. And so data is helpful. And that's really all it is. It's not about criticizing or scrutinizing anyone's choices. And then last, but certainly not least, I already touched on this, but it's important and it's a habit that I constantly see my clients thrive with. And that is not avoiding anything, learning to stop labeling food and realizing that you can eat anything you want at any time. Nothing is forbidden. Nothing is bad for you. In fact, it can help you stay more committed and consistent to add certain foods from time to time and keep going without criticizing yourself. And I'm talking about desserts and mac and cheese and pizza and things that you like, whatever it may be, you fill in the blank, you can absolutely incorporate it. And again, instead of avoiding it and building this tremendous desire for that food, when we have it from time to time, we incorporate it as part of our nutrition It keeps us excited and it keeps us motivated and it makes you want to go and continue because you can see great results even with these foods sprinkled into your routine. And so I tell people, you know, I was once asked by a client, well, if I eat this, will it ruin all my efforts? And I said, no, it will actually augment your efforts because you're going to feel normal. You're not going to feel deprived and you're going to be able to continue to do what you're doing with less sense of restriction. And the other thing that goes along with that is negative self-talk. We talk a lot about negative self-talk in the program because that's something that a lot of women struggle with. And when women in the program start talking about themselves in a more compassionate way, and it ties back into not avoiding certain foods, not punishing yourself, 
not always having so many rigid rules, you stop kind of criticizing yourself, you stop the negative self-talk, you feel more compassionate, and you're more at peace with what you're doing, that's a habit that can really, really help make the journey a lot smoother and more enjoyable. So even though many women in my program still need reminders about negative self-talk and how negatively it can impact our habits and our body and our mindset, but many of my clients have already learned that there is no such a thing as a single food that's bad for you. There is no such a thing as a list of foods that we need to avoid. We don't have to beat ourselves up when we eat cake or pasta or whatever it may be. This is not going to make or break your journey, okay? We want to think about it in a more open-minded way and be much healthier in our mindset as opposed to beating ourselves up and then returning to the cycle of restriction and rules to make up for whatever it is that you ate. This is not a good healthy behavior to be in. So if you're in this cycle of restriction and binging and beating yourself up, there is a better way. You do not have to get stuck in that very vicious, toxic cycle. You can actually start learning that these are beliefs that are not serving you. There is a better way. You can make peace with all foods. Everything can fit. You just have to learn how to do it the right way so that you can stay consistent and see results. And that's when you start seeing motivation build up and confidence is building up, okay? So many of my clients say things like, I still can't believe I can eat bread every day, or I don't have to eat stuff because I quote unquote should, I get to have things that I actually like eating. Wow, what a concept, right? Eating the foods that you actually enjoy. Or someone said to me, I had desserts this weekend and it was no big deal, right? In the past, I would feel so guilty about it, but I just brushed it off, moved right on with my day, felt great. I was so grateful that that dessert was delicious. It hit the spot and I didn't think one more second about it, right? That's where you want to get to. And this is one habit that I get so excited when I hear my clients talk in this way, because not only is it a huge shift from how they were speaking when they first started, but I know that it's now for life. Like they have freed themselves from these food rules and these restrictions for life, and they're not going to look back. And you can absolutely do the same. All right, so let's recap these habits real quick. The first one is planning. Habit number two is prioritizing protein and produce. Then we had not skipping meals, taking snacks with you. Number five is eating based on your carb tolerance. I do have a podcast episode about this if you want to go check it out. And then journaling is number six. And last but not least was not avoiding anything. All right. I hope these resonated with you. I know they're not earth shattering, but they are very doable and simple. And that's what we want to go for, right? Anyone can do these things anywhere. They don't require any special equipment or any special skills. These habits are also positive, not punitive, right? They make the journey more enjoyable and smooth because they're not focused around punishing yourself or restriction. They're easy to sustain. This is a very important concept. PCOS is a lifelong condition. You need something that you can keep doing for life. And these habits will still be relevant and impactful in 20 years. And it's very different than some of the habits that you learn in diet culture. So if you think about cutting carbs or putting butter in your coffee or fasting for 16 hours a day, 
I can guarantee you, you're not going to want to do these things in 20 years. Whereas the habits that I shared with you today are very simple to do, and they're still going to be very effective and relevant in 20 years. And you can absolutely live your life this way. We can't say the same thing about some of the things that diets teach you. And then, of course, these habits produce results. And I've seen it time and time again. And that creates motivation. Like I mentioned before, a lot of women are waiting to feel motivated to get started. And that's a mistake. You're not going to feel motivated enough to get started. What you need to do is get started when you don't feel like it. Get started with these very simple and easy habits. And then you're going to start seeing positive results. And you're going to get super motivated at that point because it's working. And that's how you build confidence and motivation in this journey. Okay, so these women are seeing transformational results from these very small habits. Why? Because they're doing them every freaking day. They're consistent. They're repeating the same things. And so over time, it accumulates to amazing results. I'm talking not just about weight loss, but also periods that have regulated after years and years of not even having a period, clearer skin, less bloating, less anxiety, more energy, better sleep, boosted self-confidence. I mean, you name it, it can happen. All you need to do is be consistent with these habits, pick the ones that work for you, and you can be as successful as some of my clients. I hope today's episode resonated with you, and I hope even more that you start practicing some of these ideas, concepts, and habits. I'd love to hear from you and kind of see how you're doing, what progress you're making so that I can continue to support you on your journey. All right, I'll see you here again next time. Bye. 